No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. For all those joining us live this evening on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms, we say good evening, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show with Dave Manuk, with Ezra Ginsberg. I'm your host, Drew Mandel, here to discuss the Winnipeg Jets dropping a 3-2 home ice decision in overtime to the Montreal Canadiens, uh, a contest that saw many of the people in the building in downtown Winnipeg adorned in Habs sweaters and jerseys and paraphernalia as usually happens when an original six Canadian team shows up in our fair city. Gentlemen, nice to see you both on this Monday night. The Ahoy, optimist hoy. would say that the Jets battled back from a two goal deficit and earned a point, And that's a good thing. The mm-hmm. pessimist would say that the Winnipeg Jets facing a team that was towards the bottom of the NHL standings. I get 20th overall in the NHL, tied for 20th, I suppose, uh, with the uh, tied for 19th with the Arizona Coyotes. The Jets missed an opportunity to rack up a two clean, a clean two points against the team below them in the standings. Both things can be true. It just does depend on the lens that you want to look at it through and whether your glass is half full or half empty. My water bottle is full of water, but I'll let you guys determine what your glass is. I got a water here too, Desani, courtesy of uh, True North. That comes from Canada Life Center, specifically courtesy of Dave M. Look, we've got the comment from our good friend, Chef Richard there. I mean, yes, I mean, it sucks when you have to kill off a penalty in overtime, but, uh, you know, the Jets weren't great through the first couple periods. I mean, the first period was fairly uneventful for both teams, guys, right? Like, not just the shots, but there just wasn't a lot going on. Uh, Dylan Sandberg rings it off the iron, right? Uh, Cole Perfetti had a good chance late in the game, pretty late in the first period. Uh, but it was obviously the second period where, you know, Montreal did their damage. And, you know, it wasn't like a, a period where you would say that, you know, Montreal badly outplayed the Jets or anything like that. Actually, to the the opposite of that, I remember Morgan Barron had a really good chance in that second period that stood out for me. Obviously, his brother gets the overtime winner that we'll get into in the Betway game recap. But, yeah, it was a bit of a sleepy game for the Jets, right? Like, you know, and you wondered, like, coming off of two really emotional wins over mm-hmm. L.A. and Colorado, I mean, Montreal is just a team, right? Like, it's not like, I mean, they've, they've got good players. And that top line uh, of Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, and Uri Slavkowski, I mean, there's a lot of speed and skill on that line. But it was the second line. I mean, it was the Joss Anderson show uh, in the in the second period. Uh, Jake Evans and Sean, Jake Evans is the center. Uh, veteran Sean Monahan is the other player on that second line. But you know, Josh Anderson, for a guy that many people think will be traded, Dave, before the trade deadline, I mean, that was probably his best game of the year. So give the Habs credit here. I mean, but really, uh, you know, this was a coin flip game. I mean, either team could have won it. And it's just tough tough when, you know, the Jets are killing off a penalty uh, to start the the overtime. It's just, you know, it, it's it's a tough situation to be put in. And the, the thing is, I you know, a lot of people I know didn't like that penalty because they thought Ehlers was interfered with. But prior to that, Drew, I don't know if this stood out to you, but 
David Savard basically mauled Nikolai Ehlers, uh, <laughs> and and they didn't call it. And I said to Dave, we're watching the third period here, and I'm saying like, you know, the what? Zebras obviously aren't going to call anything here. But they, yeah, I mean that I mean, Nikolai Ehlers, that was a trip, boys. I mean that's yeah, oh, a trip no is a trip. About it, there's no question that was a penalty, and the officials are not going to call anything uh, that is iffy. Uh, you know, late in the game. And they're not going to call it for the Jets and they're not going to call it for the uh, the Habs. So it goes both ways. And that is game management. And, you know, the officials, you know, they, the NHL tries to deny that game management exists. but And all the leagues try to deny that it exists. But again, when you have human officials, they are undoubtedly influenced by the human conditions and the circumstances that are occurring uh, during the game. So there's no question at all that, you know, yes, Ehlers may have been interfered with off the draw before he took the tripping penalty and but that's a that's going to be a that's not going to get called in that scenario at almost any point in time Dave but his penalty which was rightfully called was just so blatant that mm -hmm. the officials couldn't overlook it it's I mean look the Jets didn't lose this game because of officiating there's calls you may not have agreed with and we'll get into the that one of course being the second goal that the Habs scored when we get into the Betway game recap but you know the Jets Look, the, the Jets controlled a lot of the play. The Jets had nine uh, or had, you know, if you look at the advanced stats, the expected goals for the Jets at five on five were 2.6 to 1.6 for the Habs. So, you know, there was a fair bit. Well, the third period was as one-sided for the Jets as you're going to see, right? I said to Dave, like, you know, I, I, I thought the Jets were still going to win this game after it was 2-1 after two. And, and like, at the shots at one point were, like, 12 to 2. For the Jets, right? Like, so the Jets were all over the Habs, but you're right, Drew. I mean, you give a team opportunities on the power play, and and that, that's the difference. The Habs converted the, their chance of the power play, and that was obviously a you know huge goal. Um, uh, pardon me, chances because Justin Barron. I don't know how much time the the Ehlers penalty had almost expired when mm -hmm. Justin Barron scored, but that actually was yeah. a power play goal. I wasn't sure if that was, but you know, two power play goals. <laughs> that's the difference. One goal. It's a one goal game. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, look, Dave, the Jets, I mean, I don't think the Jets are going to be, they're not going to be thrilled with how they played because uh, they didn't play a great game. That first period was, was as sleepy as a first period can get. But anytime you battle back again from a two-goal deficit, and it's not sustainable to continually be down by two goals, so I mm -hmm. wouldn't suggest that they make that a, a pattern, uh, right. despite it looking like a pattern for the last three games, uh, you're, you're going to be okay to get getting a point in this instance. But at the same time, you have to figure, look, we, we should get two against a team like Montreal. Yeah, no, I mean, there's no question about it. They're they're still very good against the East, seven zero and three in uh, games against the Eastern Conference. So, I mean, that's a good it's a good result for Winnipeg, who it felt like a couple either last year or the year before they could never beat the East. So now they've uh, they flipped that script a little bit. But no, I mean, I don't think there's a question. You wanted to see again. The biggest question mark for me was the consistency. Where are you going to be able to see it? And as he's right, I mean, you're not carrying over the emotion of that Colorado game. And, and the L.A. game, and then bringing it to a game against the Montreal Canadiens. And I, it's not about, like, taking them lightly, but I just it just didn't have the same energy level. And I thought maybe that with a significant number of Habs fans in the building, it would kind of get that energy level up, but it didn't seem to materialize. And again, it was a sleepy first period for both clubs. Mm -hmm. And unlike, you know, I, and as I said this, the, the Colorado game was sleepy in the sense there weren't a lot of shots, but it was still a high-energy game, even though it was fairly low event. This was just not. It was just low event. Right. And and you kind of thought that favored Montreal. 
and not mm-hmm. allowing Winnipeg to really control the play. And they did to a certain degree, but Montreal was opportunistic and they took advantage of the their their chances. And, and as he talked about it, special teams, two power play goals against the special teams has been the biggest difference and with this Jets club. Five on five, the Jets team is one of the best in the NHL. But but their special teams yeah. puts them, I'm gonna guess somewhere in the bottom 10 of the league right now with their power play and penalty kill, probably 20th to 23rd, maybe a little bit higher on one because they were heating up a little bit, but probably in the, I'll say 18 to 23 range uh, for, for yeah, power play is 22nd, just ahead of the Montreal Canadians as it happened. That's entering tonight's game. And the penalty kill is, is 27th in the league. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, it's, it's what I'm saying is like, they're, they're just not good special teams. And, and again, you want to have, if anything, you want your five on five play to be better. Right. But but ultimately, you have to have your special teams cooking. And, and right now, that's limiting this Jets club. And we saw it. I mean, the difference in the game, two power play goals. Well, Habs only had three goals in total. So you do the math. Yeah. yeah and also, we have to give credit to Jake Allen. Like, Jake Allen well. was good tonight. He didn't have yeah. to steal the game or anything like that. But we talked about especially the third period. I mean, the, the Jets were absolutely peppering. Made a really nice save on Mark Shifley. Uh, Nick Ehlers made a, a pass in tight. Uh, in the slot to Shifley, he made another save on Morgan Barron in the third period. Like I, I thought, that fourth line was was buzzing, especially earlier in the game. And yeah, like sometimes you just have to say, like you know, the Habs got the bonus point, and it was a, a close game. But I definitely think that you know, sleepwalking a little bit through the second period. I think it was Drew that that said sleepwalking, or it was somebody in the chat. But like you know, it it was a, a bit of a a slower, a bit of a slog through parts of the first and the second periods, right? Just not a lot of shots. I thought the Jets were hanging onto the puck a little bit, just not a lot of sustained pressure, not a lot of speed, and, you know, not dictating the pace like they were against Colorado and L.A., that's for sure. But, mm-hmm. look, give the Canadians a cre- credit. Like, they're, they're, they weren't expected to do a lot this year, and they've actually put together a pretty respectable season thus far. Now, as we get closer to the trade deadline, the Habs are most likely going to be sellers, Jake Allen, speaking of you know sellers, yeah. he could be a guy on the move as well. So look, Jake Allen's a, a, a he's a he's an NHL goaltender. He's a professional NHL goaltender. He has been when he was with St. Louis. He he is with Montreal. You know the, the the problems that Montreal have, and the problems are largely based on the fact that they're just a young team and their defense it leaves a lot to be desired. The back end is where they they still need a you know a fair bit of work, but the goaltending is usually going to be solid. It's at least not going to be a huge uh, albatross. Uh, on on their roster. And you saw Jake Allen do that today. He made the saves that he needed to make. Now, I thought Montreal, I'll give them credit, did a fairly good job at, at keeping the Jets away from the middle of the ice because there were some juicy rebounds that Allen gave up. And that's always been, you know, what he's done in his career. He's always been known as a guy who gives up, a, a, you know, maybe a rebound that's a bit too big. Uh, but the Jets really you know, weren't able to capitalize on too many of those. I thought the Jets, you know, again, when you play so many emotional games in a row, there's eventually going to be a bit of a letdown or your your legs just aren't going to be as quick. They're not going to be moving as well as they have in previous games. And I thought that the Jets weren't necessarily moving as well in tonight's game. That's and what so I'm it, saying, right? Like they, they just... Look, against L.A. and Colorado, you could argue that, you know, the Kings game we talked about on Saturday morning at, at Farmery. And by the way, thanks again 
to Farmery Brewery for letting us broadcast from Two Donald and everyone who showed up. Obviously, you know, the MVP, I think you guys would agree, of Saturday morning. If it wasn't producer Tim, it was Spency cooking pancakes, bacon, hash browns, and sausages in the parking lot. That was awesome. So obviously, shout out to Spency, the man. Um, we we talked about, you know, that game against the Kings on the road was arguably their most impressive performance of the entire year. And they followed that up with a pretty resounding win over the Avalanche, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, Drew, you're right. I mean, you can't win them all. Um, I, you know, I, I don't think that, you know, there's that much. Uh, look, the Jets are still comfortably in a top three spot in the Central Division. I don't think anybody's, you know, ringing any alarm bells. Well, but I also on. think that, there's something that, to be said for the fact that the Jets have lost to two pretty bad teams in the Sharks and the Habs. Now, I think the Habs are a better team than the Sharks, but these are both two teams that will not be playoff teams. No, so definitely, I, I definitely don't think you want to take it too lightly either. No, but if the Jets had played poorly last year, Dave, you know, and I know that we should we really sort of have to flush last year, but uh, you know, bear with me as we go through this. You know, when the Jets played you know, didn't bring their A game last year, they would have lost in regulation. They wouldn't have fought back being down 2 nothing. This is a game, again, it's another sign that this is actually a pretty good Jets game team in that they weren't great tonight. They didn't have a ton going for them tonight, yet they still battled back, yet they still earn a point. So, you know, really, you know, you can't be... Anytime you're losing, but you're losing in, in overtime, it, it, it's not going to, you know cost you terribly standings wise you're on mute <laughs> sorry i was busy sorry drew i was busy telling other folks to come join the illegal curve post game show and and you and you weren't talking to them you can always type, multitasking you can, david you i know can type I was, and talk at the same time i could but when i type sometimes as he picks up the sound of no, my no, typing no, not, so. not with these new mics that's why we oh. got the new mics you don't Fair have enough. To i'll never mute anymore. i'll never mute again and no no dave you actually has more a, often dave when has you're gonna a make sure like a little mic just by the keyboard. He likes oh, to yeah. he likes people to hear his keyboard. <laughs> my my keystrokes. I it's very it's very key that everyone hears that. Um sorry, Drew, I got sidetracked. What did you say? I was saying that last year. I'm glad you're both both typing. No, no, and, I heard and, you. I just I just you know you got me thinking about my keystrokes and suddenly I was like, ah, we were talking, talking about the Jets Habs game tonight, Dave. Ah, fair <laughs> enough. Okay. I was thinking about something else. I was thinking I, about my I, grocery I, list. Yeah, well, you haven't gone you haven't gone shopping for groceries in, in decades, I would suspect. Not Never true. Mind. M&Ms. You and should cereal. do like Hustler. Hustler does all of his shopping at 7-Eleven. Well, just ask Gazzy what I've got in my fridge right now. Bottles of water from uh from the from No, the, from I've got the, water. Yeah. Tahiti treat, Pepsi Max. And beer. I'm surprised you have beer, to be honest. Oh, I, I got some baking soda in there too, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> there might be a little bit of baking soda. Anyways, um, first of all, before I forget, special shout out to Valerie Cook, a legal curve. Oh, I fan. know Val. Well, I do yeah. too, because when I got in the elevator, well, of course at, you do, I... Drew. You graduated high school with her. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So Valerie was in the elevator with her friend. She's a Jets season ticket holder and she's a fan of illegal curve. She recognized me, said hi. She, I think she called me Drew first, and then she said, I mean Dave, sorry. I recognized that voice. It was the D. So she meant Dave, but she said Drew, but she said she's a big fan. She sent me a message after and said it was really nice meeting me. So a big shout-out to Valerie. Thanks for saying hello. If I recall everybody loves I'm thinking Dave of the right person. I mean, Valerie's all used to be at least all over our Twitter feed a bunch, and I think she used to work in the hospitality industry, if I recall correctly. But I could be wrong on that front, so don't. Quote I'm not me certain. On that. She we didn't get that far, Drew, because she was only going from the second floor to the or the first floor to the. To <laughs> you didn't the have third a lot. You, you didn't get her full bio. We didn't. So I mean, anyways, I hope Valerie enjoyed the game. Uh, but uh, thank you, Valerie, for your, the support of the Legal Curve Hockey Show and Post Game Show. 
That's and she said she's a big fan of the Manuk Moose Minute. She said there should be more. She said it yeah. should be called the Manuk Moose well, dude, Hour. What's there not to like about the Manuk Moose Minute? I mean, I can think of like something. It. I can think of one that's going to be happening today. But anyways, but let, let me get back into Drew's point. I, I don't disagree with you, Drew. I think this is a team that last year could have folded up their tent and gone home and, and not, you know, cued the comeback. And you're right. You don't want to be coming back in games. And uh, that's obviously they did that in Anaheim. They did that against Colorado. No, Colorado or L.A., whatever. One of the two teams. And then and the fact of the matter is this is the third time now in whatever it is, 10 days that they've had to do that. So you, you was asking if Valerie is single. I Drew, I noticed that you quickly got that comment off. Yeah, because I, I don't. I, you know, I think we might need to get rid of your uh, your your use of the the comments because I don't <laughs> trust your judgment most of the time. <laughs> I didn't see. I was looking to this looking over there. But anyways, boy, Drew's this is like an really elementary school teacher, right? Like I'm. <laughs> he just always has me on a short leash. He like he's always slapping my hand away. Yeah. Okay. Anywho, so the point is that uh, the the Jets really again you you want to see that resilience. I mean, again, we wanted to see the Jets be able to be more consistent and bring the same game that they had played against L.A. and and Colorado into tonight's game. They weren't able to do that, and so that's a problem. Mostly because again, they had a really sleepy start, which they've been consistently been sleepy. We've been talking about their starts haven't been very good. You know, you think about that San Jose um, game. What did they get outshot twelve? 12-1 to start that game. So their starts have to be better. Um, and their special teams have to be better. And so they're practicing tomorrow at 12 o'clock at Canada Life. And, I mean, honestly, I would advocate that they spend their entirety of their time working on their special teams. because well, That's that- what Rick Bonus said in his post-game comments, not to get it too far ahead of us. But to that point, Dave, uh, Rick Bonus was asked by Murad about the, the special teams. Uh, what's wrong with the power play? Quote, you just said it, standing still. Hanging on to the puck way too long. It's not moving. The same thing we've been fighting with all year. And then he says that Winnipeg will have to revamp both units. That special teams lost the game for the Jets tonight. So that's, yeah. you know. And 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 again. By that's the way, what, when the power play is struggling, does, does every coach not say the exact same thing? <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I, like, we're standing yeah. around. We're being too stationary. We're not shooting the puck enough. Like, obviously, Drew, like, it's worth mentioning the quote from Bones. I'm just saying, like, you know what I mean, Dave? Like, Mark Morrison would probably say the same thing when the Moose power play is struggling, right? We're not well, moving around enough. Lately, not... all, it, all all their power play has been doing is giving up shorthanded goals. So he definitely sure. would say that. As <laughs> right? a question like, like, like that. Coach, a hockey coach will always say, we're being too predictable. That's why we're not we're not shooting the puck enough. Like, But we've been, but but again, that's not a surprise because we've been talking about it for the last few games, right? We're talking about how it's it's slow. And and for a little bit it moved. There was a little more movement. It was a little quicker. But again, it kind of it, it's what Rick Bonus has talked about. Um, you know, not what they falling into the old patterns. And I felt like that's what their their special teams look like a little bit. So I, I don't disagree. I think it's a good idea to move things around right now because right, you know, the way it's it, it's just it's just not working, and they need to change some things up. Yeah, and, and and so you're absolutely right. And it's not the first time we've heard Rick Bonus say that the special teams has cost the Winnipeg Jets a game. And you know, like we like we've said really from the start of the year, you know, when you're when you when you succeed at five on five, by and large, you're still gonna win more games than you're gonna lose. But mm-hmm. imagine if these special teams for the Winnipeg Jets were just average, which really it shouldn't be difficult for these special teams to be With this average. Talent. With this talent, it should mm-hmm. be you know and average. Without Kyle Connor in the in the lineup, right? Like the Jets have enough offensive weaponry that they should still have a good power play without Kyle Connor. Connor is arguably 
like your best weapon, especially but, a shot. But with Shifley and Velarde and Ehlers and Niederreiter, Morrissey, like I could go on here. Um, the power play needs to be better. The PK I'm less concerned about. Well, and, and it's not like the power play was great with Kyle Connor either, though. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you got to also factor that in. It's been struggled on on more than one occasion in more than one area. So, it, you know, it, it's a, an area of concern for the Winnipeg Jets. Now they're fortunate in that there's not a ton of areas of concern or the areas of concern for the Jets are on the more minor side than they are on the more serious side. And that is, you know, by and large, why the Winnipeg Jets have the good record that they have at this point in the season. Even, you know, what are they, 18-9-3? and three? even yeah. with tonight's uh, overtime defeat. So that's where you're at uh, so far tonight. 3-2, the Habs defeat the Jets. We say good evening again to everyone if you're just joining us. This is the Illegal Curve postgame show. The Jets dropping that 3-2 decision on home ice in overtime to the Montreal Canadiens. The Habs fans go home very happy, whether they go back to, I don't know, St. Malo or they go to... Uh, you know, uh, some of the other uh, French communities in and around Winnipeg, St. Bonham. No, Drew, look at the comments from Jeff Bose. They just go back to their basements. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to comment on that, Jeff, but uh, it certainly does bring that extra dynamic uh, to the arena, and you're going to see that uh, at the end of January when the Leafs uh, come to town on that Wednesday night. And that it's a home-and-home, home, right? It is a home-and-home. Home. Wednesday, Saturday, home-and-home. Leafs home. fans are worse. Come on. It's not well, even a I debate. Mean, you're, I would agree with that. Leafs fans are just, uh, you know... I, Habs fans, I can understand. Habs I'm mainly fans, saying I... that, Drew, because I'm scared of Habs fans. <laughs> I was telling Dave, like, every time I go to Montreal, I obviously talk hockey with anybody. Even if someone doesn't even want to talk to me about anything, I yeah. talk to <laughs> them like, about the, you get the in Canadians. Here, but, Ginsburg, who yeah, are you? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I would not piss off Montreal Canadiens fans. I'll just leave it at that. Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. As you look, the... Uh, on, on TV lately, they've been promoting the Borye Salming uh, documentary, mm-hmm. and he was a fantastic player. He was a wonderful player to watch a little bit before my time, but I've seen enough clips and I've heard enough things to really know just how talented he was. But can you think of anything less that you'd want to sit through than an entire documentary about a Toronto Maple Leafs player? I mean, I would just rather, I think I'd rather poke toothpicks into my eyes. That's every day of our lives anyways. I don't need to watch yeah. a ret- another documentary, a fictionalized show about about them it's like what what did the rest of canada do to deserve to be punished like that but i digress was the movie called 1967 (laughs) it wasn't (laughs) called that but that's uh, they 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 wouldn't make that documentary for whatever reason i don't can't figure out why they wouldn't make that documentary no hold on drew uh, elias mccracken is asking i thought i heard some of the fans the habs fans in the building booing shifley still am i hearing things no, I don't think you are hearing things. I, I, I it did sound like there was still some Jake, Jake Evans, Evans. Uh, anger with the respect to uh, the hit from a few years back in the playoffs. So uh, I, they did, it did seem to be a little bit of booing on Mark Shifley when he touched the puck from uh, the people in Habs jerseys. I'm sorry, guys. Like that was three years ago. Like it's time to let that one go. Well, you, you're the one who's afraid of the Habs fans. Go tell them. Why are you telling us? <laughs> Let's get into the Betway game recap here on the Illegal Curve post game show. The Betway game recap. Big thanks to our friends at Betway for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post game show. The Illegal Curve Post Game Show is brought to you by Betway, and this is, of course, the Betway Game Recap, one of the most trusted voices in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world. You must be 19 years or older to play, so we do encourage you to please play responsibly, but head on over to Betway and bet 
your way. Uh, a very sleepy first period, as we discussed. Not a lot of action either side. Shots were 6 5 after 20 minutes, but the Montreal Canadiens do open the, the scoring in tonight's game at the 4.57 mark of the first period. It's a bit of a fluky one. Josh Anderson, who, of course, you know, last week was getting heavily criticized. I'm sure you all saw that viral video where he uh, really couldn't hit the broadside of a barn with a shotgun, as the old expression goes. Well, he's off the schneid and he's getting some goals. He got his fourth of the year now. Assist to Mike Matheson and the aforementioned Jake Evans, and it's a bit of a fluky one. Matheson uh, has the puck. Anderson's got some inside position on Josh Morrissey, and the puck deflects off of Anderson past Connor Hellebuck. And a bad bounce for the Jets, but a good bounce for the Habs, and it's one nothing Montreal, as he. Yeah, and what stood out to me here, and I'm sure Dave noticed this too, and I'm just watching the replay to, to confirm what I saw because I was back in the, the second period, and you know how bad my short-term memory is, guys, but <laughs> Morgan Barron makes a nice play uh, off of the point shot, and he pokes the puck away from, from Jake Evans, but unfortunately, when he gets the puck, he tries to clear it along the boards and to Mark Shifley, and it's a turnover, right? And, you know, just skipping ahead, you know, a little bit to the goal here, like, you know, Mike Matheson puts it on net, and originally, I thought it actually just beat Hellebuck, Right. And then obviously on the replay, you can see that Hellebuck makes the initial save and then it goes off of Josh Anderson's leg. And you know, I saw some people in the chat talking about, you know, the first goal should have been disallowed. You know, he kicked it in. I mean, that, no, that's not didn't. a distinct. It has to be a distinct kicking motion. You know, most hockey fans know that. Right. It, it's a bit of a fluky goal. But look at Josh Anderson goes to the net. You know, Mike Matheson puts a pretty hard. Like, I actually think Ma Matheson's a pretty underrated player. I know a lot of Habs I fans. Thought he had a nice a game. Well, he's a good, he can skate. And I remember watching him for Team Canada uh, a few years back. I don't know if that was three or four years back. I think they won gold that year, Dave, in Europe at the World Hockey Championship. Matheson was there. He might have he represented Canada a few times, but he's high risk. So I know a lot of Habs fans, you know, don't like that, you know, sometimes he gets, you know, kind of, I don't know, a good comparable would be Seth Jones is kind of like that too, right? Like more of an offensive-minded defenseman and he gets caught a little bit. Um but yeah, just, you know, nice shot by Matheson up high on Hellebuck, Dave. And then, you know, Anderson, it just goes off of his leg. Like it's a fluky goal. Um, but, you know, just kind of one of those plays where Anderson's in the right place at the right time, right? Yeah, and you, you're right, Ezzy. The highlight for me is is the Jets just not clearing the puck when they have possession, right? Mer Morgan Barron tries to make a soft chip to Mark Shifley, but Mark Shifley's got a man on him. So, I mean, it's it's a bit of a more risky play. Uh, as opposed to maybe a little bit of a harder one along the glass and out. But, you know, um, he does it, and he thinks Mark Shifley's there, and Shifley doesn't see uh, Matheson, right? So uh, it's unfortunate for the Jets, but it ends up in the back of their net, and they're down one nothing. Uh, and he kind of felt like that's the way it was, you know, because Montreal was staying sticking around, because mm -hmm. the Jets weren't taking the game over. And that's what you wanted to see, right? Like, you wanted to see, were the Jets going to be able to exert their will over Montreal? Because, again, as Drew pointed out to, to start this game, Montreal is a team that had 30 points coming in, right? 30 points in 30 games. Not that the Jets were way ahead of them, but the fact is that the the Habs were, you know, behind the Jets. And, and again, they were not one of those teams that are folks are expecting to be a playoff team. So you wanted to see the Jets trying to impose their will, and they weren't doing that. And Montreal was sticking around. And because they were sticking around, you had a feeling that something like that was going to happen. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a good way of putting it. You did sort of feel like it was going to be, and it wasn't going to be a clean one. It wasn't going to be something that was, uh, right. uh, you know, picture perfect. And it wasn't for Montreal, but, you know, good for them. Throw pucks on that. Good things happen. And, you know, sometimes you get a deflection. And, you know, Josh Anderson, the guy who's, is, is, you know, has really been going through it and been struggling. So, you know, from he a human plays well against the Jets. For he the does record. always play well against the he Jets. Plays every time Jets, and he's a, he's a power forward, right? Yeah. And I was looking at that replay, and, you know, I'm not sure, Dave, if you noticed this or, or – I apologize if you already mentioned this, but Anderson actually does get a stick on on Morgan Barron's little chip to Shifley. So you got to give mm-hmm. Anderson credit there. Like you, if you go back and watch the replay, uh, hopefully everybody just continues watching the show and doesn't go on NHL.com. <laughs> but I, I like to have all my browsers. Second open, screen, so. second screen. They can look, look at they can look at the replay while we talk about it. As I'm long as they not, stay with I'm, us. Exactly. I'm not going to do a guarantee here, but I think there's a strong chance that Anderson's going to get traded prior to the trade deadline. You know, I was just thinking off the He's top. Got of- three more years at five and a half million on his contract there, uh, as I don't know how many people are picking that one up. Well, I mean, you can always trade him. You know, the next year. I mean, it's not necessary. Just because you're trading for him doesn't mean you're going to keep him for all three years. But fair enough. I mean, his contract is not. It's not a great contract. Right. I'll, no. I'll leave it at that, Drew. You're right. I mean, it. It's not. Uh, I think if he was making like three and a half million, it sure. would uh, be a lot more manageable. He's probably a guy who's best off lower down in your lineup. You know, that, that's, yep. you know, he, because he, he's always going to leave a little bit more to be desired because you look at mm-hmm. him and he should be better and he mm-hmm. should contribute more given his combination of size and speed. And there's a lot of miles the... on him, though, at this point in his career, right? Like yeah, he plays a heavy 30. game and he's yeah. not as, uh, not as quick as he once was. No. And, and, but that's always been the knock on him is that there's usually, there's always, you've always wanted there to be more. Got a lot of the tantalizing upside, but hasn't really been able to put it together uh, on a consistent basis. Nonetheless, one nothing for Montreal. He did. But, uh, anyways, I, I, I just want to end, though, that he does play always well against the Jets. It's he hilarious. Well Every game Jets. you're like, oh, this guy's not fantastic. And then, and then you hear Montreal fans like wanting to tear him apart. You're like, okay. Yeah. And then uh, the controversial goal of the game, and we'll spend a couple minutes on this one, made it 2-0 for the Habs. It comes at the 15-04 mark. It's a power play goal. Christian Dvorak getting his third of the year. Anderson and Brendan Gallagher on the assists. And the at longest first, review ever. Yeah, it was a three, three song songs. review. Three so, songs. That's right. If you want to count, if you want to Why consider how long, long, like, was it that complex? Like, it seemed pretty obvious to me that Anderson puts the puck down and he gets a stick on it. And that was the whole thing that they were, they were, if he doesn't touch it, then the play should have been called. Right. But so like, to me, me it was pretty obvious. Like, the refs huddled and made their call on the ice, Dave. Like, you were in the arena for the first two periods. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I I don't know what, like, it, like, I don't know. It just seemed like that review went on and on and on. I don't know. But as he, I could be honest with you, I, I thought it was, I thought they were going to disallow the goal. I really did. I didn't think the goal was going to stand because I didn't see them. I mean, you looked and you thought, okay, did Hellebuck stick touch it? No. Did Schmidt touch it? No. So Dvorak's the next guy. No, Anderson's and, stick touches it. But I well, did it though. I mean, I mean, well, you, it's one me, of those scenarios. I think changes direction. Like you could. I, I mean, I, that's what I was looking at, Dave. Anderson gloves the puck, puts it down, and then his stick touches the puck. At least that was my interpretation. I tend to agree with Ezzy. If I had to, you know, if you had to, if I had to choose one side or the other, mm-hmm. I did think that just barely as you know a very faint deflection so in case you miss the goal and you don't know what we're talking about let me walk you through it uh josh anderson is is sort of to the right of connor hellebuck the puck is in the air he gloves it down and 
you know, the, then the question was, did he glove it down and then knock it over to Christian Dvorak or did he glove it down and then on its own go to Christian mm -hmm. Dvorak, who's then able to deposit it up and over Connor Hellebuck? So at first it was ruled a good goal on the ice. The officials got together and huddled about it and they maintained the call. They said it's a good goal on the ice, at which point in time Rick Bonus then challenged it. Mm -hmm. And I tend to agree with Ezzy, and that makes me feel a little bit queasy to say that out loud. But I do think that very faintly, just to the smallest amount, Josh Anderson got a not, got a tiny piece of the puck off of his stick to to pass it over to the Dvorak. Now, had the officials ruled on the ice that it was a hand pass and Montreal challenged it, I, I don't believe there would have been enough to overturn it. So I think the they have to go with the call on the ice because the video the video to me was not conclusive enough to say one way or the other. I disagree. I got to tell okay. you, I've wa I've watched it a number of times. I've, I just watched the replay while you were talking, and I'm listening to you, Drew. Well, then why was and the goal allowed to stand then? Well, because the video, because obviously the the uh, the video review department agrees with you and I, Ezzy, but I can only understand how Dave, who's an unbiased uh, uh, individual in this, and with all due respect to the fans who might be joining us. Hold the, on, the, Drew, the, are we biased? I'm pretty sure we're all unbiased. Well, I know that, but I'm talking about fans are biased, so they may not necessarily be seeing it as Hold running. On, let me rip off my Habs fan. Uh, sorry, well, let me rip off my Habs jersey, Dave. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I, I'm just telling you what I, what my observation is. I, I mean, I watched it in the building, which I mean, again, it's far, it's far from where we are, um, in the, in the press box. So it's not like I saw it with the naked eye, but I, I, I don't know. I'm just telling you, I've watched the review like six different angles and like they've shown it over and over and over again. And I'm telling you right now, like it, to me, Anderson puts the puck down. It bounces over. He, he it looks like he's got the stick slightly, but it bounces over his stick over Hellebuck stick, over Schmidt stick, and then Dvorak puts it into the net. So to me personally, I'm calling that no goal. I think that should have been, I think it should have been disallowed because there's no, they, nobody touches it except for Dvorak. So it's a hand pass. Anderson stick, Anderson stick touches I'm, it. Well, I'm telling you right now, I'm, I don't agree. I, I watched the, re the replay and I think, I think you missed it from, from the, if you watch the third Review. You don't even have to look at different angles either. There's one angle, and it's clear that his stick touches it. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I think it. I don't think it did, but that's just my own personal opinion. You know, obviously, we're not. We're going to agree to disagree on on this. I'll disagree right? with both of you. When it's bouncing, I was going to say check, the, the idea the of watching. The idea of watching Dave and Ezzy fight leaves me feeling like mom and dad are fighting right now. So I'm a little bit. Uh, no, we're not fighting. We're just we're just arguing about it, I, I guess. But I, I thought Jamal it's, Myers, goal, so. uh, Jamal Myers or Jamal Mayers on the on the broadcast. I think he, you know, when he was giving his analysis on, it, he says, you know, they can sort of see the puck, the the spin of the puck change, and that is when he thought that that uh, Anderson yeah. touched it. And I sort of tend to agree with him there, but mm -hmm. it was very very close. There's no question about it. It's not. And I understand that it has to be decisive. Like you have to be able to overturn because the call on the ice was a goal. So it's not like it can be, you know, inconclusive. You have to be able to say that it wasn't. But I, I again, like I said, it just I just think that if he, if he gets it, he puts it right or left. He doesn't necessarily hit it straight based on the angle. Like you know, if I if if you look at the way Anderson's coming at Hellebuck, I mean, again, like I said, it's it's it's. It's hard to determine. I'm watching it. I'm watching it now, like for the third or fourth time. It definitely takes a weird bounce, but I mean, to me, it takes a weird bounce because he puts it on, he drops it onto the ice. So the spin is caused by his hand dropping the puck, not necessarily his stick. That's all I'm saying. 
Okay, fair enough. I get, like I said, it, it, it's there's there's no probably way why they reviewed it for that long, Dave. To be honest with you, right? Yeah. Because if it was that obvious, it wouldn't have taken twenty five minutes to review that goal. Or as Spencey says, this discourse is taking even longer than the review. <laughs> this is a seven. This is a seven song discourse uh, versus the three song. Spencey uh, cooked up a, a stack of pancakes on his flat top grill while we were debating that goal. Oh, I don't know. All I know is that the chat agrees with me. So I will take the champion <laughs> belt on this one. Thank you. Congratulations. Jeff. We should get a champion belt. Uh, the Jets do successfully kill off the penalty that came with the unsuccessful challenge. And then they were able to cut the Habs lead in half. And it's Gabe Velarde getting his fifth of the year, assist to Josh Morrissey and Nikolai Ehlers. And it's just a beautiful shift by the Jets' top line of Ehlers, Shifley, uh, and Velarde. Uh, they just cycle the Habs to death. And, I mean, you saw a lot of switch-offs. You saw a lot of really nice puck possession by the Winnipeg Jets on this play. And it's a very important goal. And Velarde, again, is just too much for the Habs to handle uh, in front of the net. I believe it's David Savard, uh, who is the defender trying to handle um, Gabe Velarde. And he can't. And the and Velarde puts it past Jake Allen to, tie, to make it a 2-1 game late in the second period, as a yeah, and uh, Velarde beat Stavard to the puck in the corner prior to that. And about 10 seconds or so before this goal was scored, Ehlers, I know Dave probably was, uh, if, if he's in his usual spot, he would have had a good view of Ehlers spinning from behind the net and then missing the net by a lot <laughs> prior to that goal. So, and then you're right, Ehlers, Morrissey, and Shifley, they were doing their thing, their Harlem Globetrotters thing, where they, you know, rotate on, along the blue line and, Look, Gabe Velarde is just in a great spot to, to handle that rebound. And you're right. He beats David Savard there. But that was a huge goal, right? Because it came late in the second period. Mm -hmm. um, how much time was left? I feel like there was only seconds, a couple. About, 56 okay, I was going to say a couple minutes. But, you know, they didn't really have a lot of momentum. So going into the second mm -hmm. intermission, you have some momentum. You're only down a goal as opposed to two. And uh, Velarde stays hot, right? I think he's got seven points now in his last three games, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that line obviously wasn't as dominant as they were against the Avalanche or the Kings, Dave, but you know, Velarde just, I mean, that's a, that's a goal scorer's goal, right? Like he just got rewarded for positioning and hard work. Well, and that's what you wanted to see from the top line again. We're not fighting, are we, Dave? I hope people know that just because we were disagreeing about that doesn't <laughs> no, mean, I mean like, are fighting. People, look, the reality is the whole, re like, this isn't the illegal curve we agree with each other's show. I mean, the whole point is that we're allowed to have difference of opinions. Usually you and I like to gang up on Drew. So, you know. Well, that's why Drew's sitting back and he's salivating. Yeah. Because, you know, Drew Unfortunately, he doesn't realize, he doesn't realize, Ezzy and I ride or die together. There's there's, there's very little that's ever going to get that's in between right. the two of us. That's right, we do ride or die. So. So there's that that that's that's never happening. Uh, just a just a just a small blip in the uh, in in the Ginsburg Manuke uh, relationship. Not a not a not a thing to worry about, especially when I have the backing of the crowd. But um, look, the fact of the matter is that the Jets needed that goal, says Captain Obvious, because they wanted to build something, and and there wasn't a lot. But you, that was a dominant shift by that line. I mean, as he's touching on it, it looked like a five on four. Uh, if only the Jets could play with the power play that effectively. But they, they really did. They, they cycled well. And it's just funny that today after morning skate, we talked about um, with Gabe Villardi about the Macarena and, and his choice of it. And, and he said that his best friend back in Kingston, Ontario. What's that? Oh, you're doing the Macarena. So he talked about how his best friend back in Kingston uh, told him that would be a funny song to pick. So that was the one he chose. And uh, he's, you know, he's jokingly said, you know, the fans really seem into it. Well, He's given them a lot of chances to hear that song. That song is going to be trending as he pretty soon because uh, he's scoring a lot of goals at Canada Life. 
and uh, they're hearing it play. But yeah, it was, an, it was an impressive goal and it was an important goal, obviously, to get the Jets back into the game. And you like to see that line working effectively and down low and, and playing strong. And, and I didn't think Ehlers had a particularly good game today. I thought he just didn't look like he had it going, but I, I thought Velarde made a lot of good plays. Yeah, I would agree with that. It wasn't it wasn't anybody's best game, but I thought Velarde certainly was noticeable for the Winnipeg Jets. Mm-hmm. And the, so the second period ends after 40 minutes. It's 2-1 for the Montreal Canadiens. We say again as the clock ticks past the top of the hour. Good evening to everyone watching us. This is the Illegal Curve post-game show. If you haven't already done so, smash the like button and subscribe to the channel. We do this after each and every Winnipeg Jets game. We'll do it again on Wednesday night after the Jets and the Detroit Red Wings, same time, right around nine. Which goaltender will be in net for the Red Wings? They keep losing. Chris Osgood. <laughs> it might and, be it might be Morwina Manitoba's James Reimer because uh, they keep they've lost another. I think they lost another goaltender. Either they're playing tonight or from last night, but they lost the goal. Lost I don't know, the Anaheim tonight. Ducks tonight. So they yeah uh, they no and, and whoever was tonight. in net was it Nadelkovich? He may have. I think he got injured. So they've uh, they've had some Nadelkovich injuries. Nadelkovich is on the Pens now, Dave. Oh, then who was it? Who was it in that? Uh, the goaltender for the the Ducks to or for the Red Wings tonight was Billy Huso. And oh, Huso! Sorry, uh, yeah, Huso. No, yeah. Huso got hurt. Okay, so then it'll be James Reimer. Reimer came yeah. in uh, after yeah. uh, after uh, Huso, uh, Huso went went out. Wasn't I Reimer all- pretty good last time he played the Jets. I feel like he was. The yeah, Jets he did beat have the a Red game. Wings, right? Yeah, they they, they won in good. Detroit. Yeah. But I remember Reimer having a pretty decent game. He did. Uh, I would expect it's going to be uh, Lauren Brassois for the Jets on on Wednesday as well. Yeah, there was no. Rick Bonus was asked that. He gave a typical we'll see today in, in his morning availability. But yeah, you suspect that you'll see uh, him against Detroit and you'll see Hellebuck against Boston. Yeah, that'll wrap up the pre-Christmas Dave, season. Alex, I just wanted to mention for Dave, Alex Lyon is the mm. other goaltender. Longtime AHL goalie. Uh, I think he's from Minnesota. He's the other goalie there. But goaltending has been an issue for them this year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No question about that. Uh, in any event, that'll be on Wednesday night, right around 9.15, the Jets and the Red Wings after that uh, game on Wednesday. Uh, so 2-1 for the Je- for the Red- for the Habs, pardon me, I'll eventually get the team name right. And the Jets start the third period the way you want to see a team start the third period, especially a team trailing on home ice. And they come out and they're sh- out shooting uh, Montreal at a point in time, I think by a 12-2 margin, and they eventually tie it up. It's, a, it's not a power play goal, pardon me. It's Cole Perfetti uh, getting it uh, his 10th of the year assist of Vlad Nemesnikov and Brendan Dillon. And it's a dump in and then it's a low to high play by the Winnipeg Jets. And, you know, Perfetti does a really nice job in, in shaking off Sean Monaghan and just really, uh, you know, using his speed and his agility to get to some open ice. And we talked about Jake Allen earlier. He has a tendency to give up a juicy rebound and the Jets had a lot of trouble uh, earlier in this game. And for a lot of this game, you know, capitalizing on some of those juicy rebounds, not this one, the Jets were able to capitalize on it and Perfetti had a wide open net to tuck it into. And that tied the game up at two with uh, just about seven and a half minutes to play in the third period as a. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's not too much I can add there, Drew, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, it's a juicy rebound from Jake Allen, but you know, the Jets really were controlling the play uh, for most of that third period. And I was saying to Dave, like, they were entering that zone and basically, you know, doing what they wanted, um, you know, and and that's to me where an ex- a more talented, experienced team takes over for a less talented, younger team, right? And, you know, a guy like Jaden uh, Struble, I didn't know a lot about him. Uh, I think he was a, a kind of a mid-round pick. He looked 
good to me. We mentioned Mike Matheson, obviously, uh, you know, factored in on on the first Habs goal. And then they've also got Caden Gooley in there. Like, when you consider Gooley, sorry, I'm going on a bit of a Habs lunch tangent here. And then his mic goes out. <laughs> so we have the You're power so to cut his microphone. Lane Hudson, it's been following. Yeah. No, just mentioning Lane Hudson is going to be, uh, you know, a stud on the back end for the Habs in the near future. He almost looks like a forward, forward when he plays. He puts up big offensive numbers in American college hockey. But, uh, yeah, just Cole Perfetti, again, right place at the right time. And, you know, the Jets were just absolutely dominating. So it wasn't a pretty goal, but they they tie up the game and, the, and then they had all the momentum. And that's what's unfortunate about the late penalty that we're going to talk about here coming up, uh, you know, into the overtime winner because Nick Ehlers takes that penalty and it just puts the, the Jets at a big disadvantage in overtime. Um, but there's no doubt that the Jets just absolutely, you know, were, were possessing the puck with ease against the Habs in that third. Yeah, because the Jets are a better team than the Habs. But uh, after the 60 minutes of regulation time is played, uh, there are no additional goals. So it's two all after 60 minutes. But as as he mentioned, with uh, 27 seconds to play in the third period, after an icing call, uh, the Jets end up taking a penalty. Nikolai Ehlers uh, trips down. I believe it was Mike Matheson, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but correct me if I'm wrong on that one. And the Habs are going to start over. It was Matheson. Dave, yeah. uh, Drew, you're right. Yeah, the Habs are going to start overtime with a four-on-three power play as a result. Ehlers did not like the call because he felt as though he was interfered with off of the face-off. And he was. Um, you know, and he was interfered with, but again, it's not going to be something that's called in that situation because the referees and the officials tend to swallow their whistles uh, as they did, like they do in a lot of sports. So this isn't strictly an NHL thing. It's a, uh, you know, a game management is something that is a an issue for officiating in all different sports. We know that the last couple minutes of an NBA game are often officiated differently than the, you know, a Hail Mary play uh, on with regard to pass interference in the NFL is officiated differently than all other pass plays. But so be it, the Habs uh, start overtime with the power play. Uh, it ends up being uh, there's additional penalties called while the power play is still going on. So with about uh, with Adam Lowry going for cross-checking and Mike Matheson going uh, for closing his hand on the puck simultaneous on the same play. So those are offsetting penalties, still four on three. And then Justin Barron, with his sixth, he gets uh, the winner. It's the Battle of the Barons, and Justin wins it for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, this also doubles as our Seagram shot of the game. The Seagram shot of the game. Big thanks to our friends at Seagram's for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. If you're looking for a special bottle of something to drink this holiday season, may we recommend Seagram's 83, Manitoba's number one whiskey, available at your local liquor mart. Seagram's big sponsor of the Illegal Curve hockey show and, of course, the Illegal Curve post-game show. So this one, the game-winning goal in overtime with uh, Nikolai Ehlers and Adam Lowry still in the penalty box at the 109 mark, Justin Barron, his sixth assist to Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki. They move the puck, they move their feet, they get a shot lane, and as a result, the Montreal Canadiens defeat the Winnipeg Jets by a 3-2 margin. I think you're on mute, Ezzy. 
Uh, no, I'm not on mute. Oh, okay. I just couldn't hear what you're saying then. Am we're I good. coming in okay? Now you're good. This is not a lot. Uh, we're <laughs> sitting here watching the game in overtime, and what did I say to Dave? I said, "Is this going to be barren? A barren on barren? Uh, a barren fight or whatever? I don't know what I said. I said I basically made some joke. Barren on barren violence. <laughs> yeah, I made a joke about you know, is this going to be? Uh, you know, are these two players going to you know fight it out in overtime? The goal was scored by Justin Barron with Morgan Barron trying to block the shot. <laughs> you, can't, you can't make this stuff up. Christmas is going to be like, awkward in the Barron family. Well, I, look, I mean, both players are very talented. Yeah. Uh, Morgan Barron, I think, absolutely deserves a shot in the second line. We talked about that uh, on the Saturday morning show at Farmery. Uh, you know, Morgan Barron, because, of course, he's been on the fourth line for the majority of the year, and he was on the third line for the majority of last season. So I think Morgan Barron has more to give. He's got five goals. I believe so far, and I, I think you know he'll continue to play on the second line if something changes. But you know, the, look, it's a nice shot, and you know they're killing off a penalty. The Jets, I think, you know, you could argue are maybe a little bit too deep, like um, and maybe giving the Habs a little bit too much space. Mm -hmm. uh, but so, uh, you know, again, it's just a nice shot by Justin Barron. I think you just got to give him credit on that goal. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, look, there's a lot of time and there's a lot of space when it's four on three power play, and uh, especially when you're moving your feet. And that's a lesson for the Jets. I mean, you can see how Montreal on their power plays were had more motion and was far less stationary than the Jets power play has been. And it's surprising for a, for a team that like the Jets that you know, are very good at cycling the puck, that their power play just becomes so redundant and becomes so uh, just just just. You know, like I said, you know, uh, sluggish uh, mm -hmm. when it comes to puck movement. It's just like a ball stopper in basketball. The best basketball is played when the ball is zipping around. The best power plays are executed when the puck is zipping around. And that's something certainly that the Jets will need to deal with. And uh, this is one where Montreal takes advantage of that, Dave. And it's, as a result, it's a 3-2 win for the, for the Habs. Yeah, I mean, the Jets are, as you said, Drew, they're just standing around watching and they're deep. They're in the triangle and they're just too deep. And, you know, unfortunately for them, you know, Barron has a lot of net to shoot at. And, uh, I mean, I thought Connor Hellebuck would have seen it. First time he's given up three goals, what, in like 10 games now or something yeah, like that? Games, so I think nine games, something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. So, I mean, he's, he's you know, he still haven't given up three or more in, in now, I think, 20 games. But yeah, 20. the fact of the matter is uh, it, it's not a great game by the Jets. But at the same time, you're happy that you got a point in a game that you didn't play particularly well. Right. And, and I want, I want to mention, and I've seen a few comments and I agree with it because sometimes they don't get any credit, especially when they don't put up any points. I thought the fourth line was good again today. I thought mm -hmm. David Gustafson yep. uh, made, tried, you know, made an impact when he was on the ice and uh, actually a lot of people wanted Gus bus on the, on the, for that uh, face-off Dave. Well, I mean, I, I would have used In overtime. I, I'm talking about, yeah, no, I know what you're talking about because Baron, I know Baron plays center a little bit, but like, you know, I, yeah, I would have, you want to know their you want to know their Corsi four percentage? Yes, ninety two point three percent. Well, then I guess my assessment is fairly accurate. <laughs> but it, I mean, again, like I said, I'm not surprised because they they played a good game. They played a hard game. And now I don't know what were their minutes, Drew. Uh, they played five thirty six at five on five. Yeah. So, so I mean, again, they, yeah. not a not a not a ton of ice time, unfortunately for them. But I mean, again, they're they're a good. Uh, they they work hard when they get the opportunity, and so they they, you know, tried to impose their will. They had a couple of chances, but uh, yeah, I just think that they deserve mention because sometimes we we talk about these games and we don't actually, you know, if they don't end up on the scoreboard, then we don't necessarily mention them. But I thought they were good tonight.
Two yeah, Swedes I... and a Maritimer, Dave. What could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> that is the Betway game recap here on the Illegal Curve post-game show. The Montreal Canadiens victorious by a 3-2 margin. When we come back, did Connor Hellbach agree with Ezzy and me? Or did he agree with Dave? We'll tell you the answer. That's coming Dave. up next. It's the <laughs> always Dave. Curve, the answer is always the illegal Dave. curve post game show. We're live on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms. <laughs> Your coworkers love you because you always make them laugh. You're the life of the party with stories that have them rolling on the floor. Or maybe you're just the quiet one in the corner with the one-liners that just slay. Do you have what it takes to become Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job? Try your luck. Hit the stage at Rumors Comedy Club, and you could be walking away with $1,000 cash. Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job. Presented by Rumors. For all the details, head to RumorsComedyClub.com. So you're a pizza person. You married a wing person. But somehow your kids are salad people. You can't pick your fam, but you can pick your BP meal deal. Starting from $18.99 for takeout or delivery at bostonpizza.com. The game can change just like that. Accidents happen when you aren't protected. So now what? Getting to your injury quickly can make all the difference. Help prevent them from being game changers with Linden Market Dental Center. Bonding, crowns, bridges, and dental implants. State-of-the-art treatments are available to help you get back in the game. To learn more, visit LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rolly's and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rolly's Transfer Moving and Storage, online at rollies.com. Boston Pizza harnessed analytics to test if the game is better at home or at Boston Pizza. The results are irrefutable. Catch the game at Boston Pizza, powered by Fanalytics. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. Welcome back. Monday evening, it's the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg with you, talking about the Jets and the Montreal Canadiens. Wednesday night, it'll be the Jets and the Detroit Red Wings, so you can stay tuned for that right around 9.15 Central Time, 10.15 Eastern Time, depending on whatever time zone you may be joining us from on Wednesday night to talk about the second game of this four-game homestand for the Winnipeg Jets. Can we say the Andrew Cop revenge game, or is that because no. it's his second year? We can't say that anymore. <laughs> we can't say that anymore. No, that's not something you can say. I don't think that works at all. Uh, but I appreciate the effort. Uh, yep. Connor Hellebuck, 
about the Josh Anderson glove pass to Christian Dvorak. Quote, he gets a lucky bounce as it bounces off the ice and just nicks the top of his stick. Ooh. So Connor Hellebuck says the officials got it right. So it's one thing. What does Hellebuck know? It's not like he had a good viewpoint or anything. (laughs) (laughs) All right. There you go. Dave M, you take the L on this one. I'll take it. But Connor Hellebuck says the goal. No L. The, the Connor Hellbuck says the goal was a good one, and the refs made the right call. And you I know mean, guys, Con- the reality is the puck barely touched Josh Anderson's stick. Right? Yeah, like you, if you really yeah. wanted to dissect this, right? Like you'd have to do a super zoom, uh, like they do, you know, to, when the to see if the puck crosses the goal line, right? Like it was. You tell it us was more big... about super zoom, Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. there you- <laughs> Anyways, there you have it. The from the from the horse's mouth himself, Connor Halbach saying it's a good goal on that one. So we're they're gonna have to find something else to complain about. Fortunately, there I'm sure will be some other controversial calls that people will not like in the course of that game. Uh, here's more from Rick Bonus. Uh, honestly, it comes down to special teams. It's another game that we lost the special teams battle, and that's what cost us the extra point. As I said, the five on, I said this one before, the five on five play is very, very good. The team play is very, very good. By the way, Drew, I've got bre- I've got breaking news. According to Valerie Cook, she was not in the hospitality industry. Oh, she used okay. to be a nurse. Oh, then I got that completely wrong. I must be thinking of somebody else. Sorry, Val. But she thinks that... we're she does think we're funny. So okay, well, there you go. <laughs> that, that that works then. I'm th- hey, look, nurses deserve all the credit in the world. So you know, she gets full marks for for uh, being a nurse and keeping us boors alive every now and then. So Drew, though, if you knew she was a nurse, why did you think she was in the hospitality industry? I clearly didn't, didn't know. know that she was a nurse, as he. I had no clue. <laughs> I must be mistaking her for somebody else. Is 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 what we're finding out here. But I was wrong. As much as uh, Dave was wrong before. I was wrong exactly. before. Does that mean Ginsburg's the only one who hasn't been wrong? Oh, on boy. This show? All right. Well, the show's done. <laughs> Time to wrap up this. Uh, this ridiculous when I, when I show up for any of these shows, I'm I'm wrong about something. Like just just my presence alone is, yeah. is somehow wrong. But <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking. Right. I'm on top right now. Even though I'm on yeah. the bottom of the screen, <laughs> see, Spencey's right. She's Spencey says she's in the hospital industry. I got I got confused between hospital hospitality. and hospitality. You gotcha. know, it can happen to the best of us. Uh, Rick Bonus, I count five or six games where we lost the game based on special teams. So that's the Jets head coach disappointed in the PP and the PK. And last one from Rick Bonus about Josh Morrissey's face. Uh, it's going to be pretty swollen tomorrow. There's a pretty good chance he's going to have a good shiner. Give him full marks for coming back. He's a tremendous competitor. Uh, he might have a shiner. He also might have a massive hole in his cheek. I think mm-hmm. uh, those are going to be the two issues that Josh is going to have to worry about as he took that puck right in the side of the face. Uh, in uh, I think it was who was it? Nick Suzuki was that uh, where the sh- who the shot came from? Think so. Or was it Cole yeah. Caulfield? One or the other? Same, same yeah. difference. Exactly. There Boys, I have a bit of breaking news. I just checked to see if I got any text on my phone. I only had one from Naomi from 26 minutes ago. She said, going to sleep, your grouchiness in the morning is annoying. <laughs> she, so hang on. She knows that you're going to be grumpy in the morning ahead of time? 
I think what she was trying to say is like, go to bed as soon as you come home from Dave's and you're not going to be as annoying because you get more sleep. But I just thought that was funny that she said that my grouch, like, I'm pretty sure I'm just annoying in general, but she's specifically <laughs> saying here, my grouchiness in the morning is annoying. But I just thought, I thought you'd get a kick out of that, Drew, and maybe some other people would find that funny. I do. Some wives say, I love you, sleep tight, drive safe. Your wife says, just don't be an ass when you, when you, when, when you wake her up in the morning. So, you know, exactly. They're both terms of endearment, just in their own uh, in their own special way. Uh, how about that? Uh, Ezzy, do you have a tough duck comment, or you want me to go to the Manuk Moose Minute nope. first? I absolutely have a tough duck comment, but if we want to do Manuk Moose Minute first, we can do that. Okay. Put on your antlers. It's time for the Manuk Moose Minute on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. My time to shine. Here we go. Manuk Moose Minute, a Sunday afternoon game, a rematch with the Milwaukee Admirals. The Mook, the Manuk, the Moose have a pattern, Ezzy. They, they lose the, first... the team name? No, they I'm confused. Yeah, Is that... Dave talking in the first person right now or third person? <laughs> I mean, I, I can't talk. They, they, they lose the first game of a series and win the second game. And that's what they were hoping would continue. They were two and seven in the first game of a series, seven and two going into yesterday in the second game of a series. And they were, like I said, hoping to keep that going against the Admirals, their big playoff rival the last couple of years. And they got off to a very good start. Jeffrey Vial, who had himself a hell of a game, he scored a minute 35 into this contest. Uh, nice pass by, uh, he puts home Tyrell Bauer's shot. Dimitri Kuzman, the 2021 third rounder, he was uh, briefly sent down to the ECHL to play for Norfolk, where he played on uh, Wednesday. Then he got recalled on Thursday and he played for the Moose. He actually had his best game, I thought, in the AHL, and he picked up his first AHL point. Uh, the Admirals tied it about uh, 14 minutes later. Uh, really nice play, and uh, Oscar Salmon was excellent in the game. I think that was about the 14th shot. That was a power play goal. Didn't have much of a chance. One all. You're thinking, okay, well, let's see what the Moose are going to do, how they're going to respond. Uh, they didn't respond particularly well in that second. The Admirals took a 2-1 lead, and then something the Moose have been giving up a tremendous amount, boys. Shorthanded, shorthanded goals. goals. They gave up another one in this game, and suddenly a 2-1 game became a 3-1 game, and you thought, oh boy, here you go again. And and as good as Nashville's looked in the NHL, their their AHL team continues to fire. But they, on that same power play, Nikita Chibrikov passes over to Brad Lambert. He takes a shot, and Kyle Capobianco was uh, in the right place at the right time, and he buries the rebound on the power play. That's his fifth goal of the season to make it a 3-2 game going into the third. And so you're thinking, well, what are these moose made of? Well, we found out because they started off, again, very good. Christian Reichel, that monkey is back in the zoo now. It's well off his back. He scores his third. Or, or, organs? I mean, that would be what I would assume the moose are made out of is organs. Hmm? Organs, blood, tissue, DNA? Drew, maybe mute yourself. Come on. <laughs> if you're better what than the that. hell are you talking about right yeah. now? He said, what are the moose made out of? So I thought that would be what moose are made out of. This is, this is really when you you need to, Ezzy, mute that man. Anywho, so the, the moose take a, uh, they tie the game. Christian Reichel gets his third goal of the season. Assist to Jeffrey Vial. Really nice play by Chaz Lucius, who had been out uh, the previous series. He was back in, and he made a really nice play to protect the puck behind the net and put it out in front, and then Vial got it on that, and, and Reichel finished it off. And then um, a highlight goal, and really, uh, a, a Jets prospects goal on this one. Nikita Chibrikov, about this is about five minutes after Reichel tied the game. Nikita Chibrikov, he goes for a skate. And I, you've got it on the uh, Legal Curve Instagram, and I've tweeted it as well. But uh, the 2021 second rounder, 
He makes a phenomenal play, gets it over to Tyrell Bauer, who puts it over to Brad Lambert, who just one times at home. And that was his, I think, ninth goal of the season. So now all of a sudden it's a 4-3 lead and the Moose don't stop there. Well, four minutes later, Parker Ford, he puts home, oh, what a surprise, a Jeffrey Vial assist. And that was uh, to make it a 5-2 game for the Moose. And then uh, they made it 5-3, five, five, no, 5-4, five, sorry, 5 sorry, it's, <laughs> sorry, I'm losing my mind here. It was 5-3, and then they made it 5-4. And then Jeffrey Vial with the empty netter from uh, with about six seconds to go in the game. So he had two goals, two assists in the game. He had a really nice game. He was the first star of the game, and a lot of the prospects came to shine and played well, including Lambert, Chibrikov, Tyrell Bauer, and uh, Dmitry Kuzman, who had two assists in his first multi-point, first points in the HL uh, game. Dave, can we go back to talking about moose biology with Drew Mandel? <laughs> <laughs> and and hold on before we before we completely uh, move off of the prospects, should mention Ezzy because it's worth mentioning that Thomas Millich is continuing to have a really good season down in the ECHL with uh, Norfolk. Uh, let me just get pull up his numbers because he's nine two and one with a nine twenty save percentage and a goals against average of two point two four. And he wow. stopped 39 shots of 40, sorry, 39, made 39 saves on 40 shots in his last game, including a penalty shot. And the other one we should mention as he is the 2023 draft pick, Jacob Julian, who is up to 14 goals, 24 assists for 38 points in 32 games in the OHL, which is good for 15th. And he's with the London Knights right now. There you go. Dave M giving the recap of everything Ooh. to do with the Moose and, and some Jets prospects. The Moose are back in action tomorrow morning, school day game in Chicago. I think they're playing at 10 o'clock. So uh, we'll have coverage of that, of course, uh, on the site, on my Twitter. And so we'll, that'll lead into Jets practice, which starts at 12 noon. There you go. Dave M's got it covered. It's all on illegalcurve.com, as you all well know. Let's wrap it up. Tough talk, hardest hitting comment, Ezzy. The Tough Duck Hardison Common. Lots of good comments tonight. So thank you, everybody who is participating in the chat. And every and also thank you to everybody who watches because, you know, I'm sure you guys get people, uh, and I know I work with somebody at Sport Manitoba who tells me that they watch the post-game show, but they don't participate in the in the chat. So we want to also, people don't necessarily have to chat. It can be a little bit intimidating because we have, you know, a lot of regulars. But so I just wanted to get that in there as well. But we're going to give it to Chris Jets fan. I have a couple comments, but I like this one. The problem is we suffered last couple of seasons with Jets declining performance and losses against weaker opponents just when we were hoping things were different this time. And I, and I think that goes back to, boys, what we were talking about, um, you know, during the first 15 or 20 minutes of the show. Like, you know, the Jets have lost a couple games now to teams that, you know, on paper they should easily beat, obviously being the Sharks and then tonight against the Habs. So I think, you know, all it takes is, you know, you you fall asleep for a little bit, or you take some unfortunate penalties, and it comes back to bite you. Right? Doesn't matter who you're playing; it could be San Jose, Montreal, whoever. Um, so I like that comment, Chris Jets fan. I see him often in the chat. We see him often in the chat. So Chris, send me an email, Ezra at illegalcurve.com with your mailing info, and Tough Duck will ship out a toque to you. And as we saw, I was telling Drew we ran into each other at uh, our kids' school. Uh, the one day that I pick to drop off my car at Fountain Tire <laughs> and then walk to work uh, downtown for those who, who listen to the show, I work in the Sport Manitoba building. 
this is a good 20 minute walk and it happened to be minus 50 as i was walking to work today so of course i picked that day to get my car uh, winterized but uh yeah so i'm not sure why i uh you know mentioned that but chris sent me an email oh because the tough duck too you need a toque toques cold <laughs> cold toques cold i've toques. never seen somebody digress on themselves in the middle of a statement but that, that was a digression was a, that was a that dog has a puffy tail uh, incident from ginsburg right there so we all enjoyed well, that. i have adhd uh going way back to the 80s so <laughs> yeah that's right you have adhd before it was cool before it was cool and diagnosable yeah exactly uh, there you go yeah, if having adhd is cool then just call me miles davis <laughs> <laughs> That's it for this Monday edition of the Illegal Curve post-game show. If you haven't already done so, smash the like button and subscribe to the YouTube channel. We always appreciate your efforts in doing that. Wednesday night, the Illegal Curve post-game show, 9.15 p.m. back here on our regular home here on the social medias. Uh, Long-awaited return of an Illegal Curve favorite on Wednesday's post-game show. So you will not want to miss oh. Wednesday's show. And I tell you, folks, I've been told with from with from reliable sources, this, I don't know if the word individual is right, but this object is looking resplendent and fabulous. So stay tuned on Wednesday for a long-awaited return here on the post-game show. Drew, tell uh, us more about how, what a moose is made of. I will. I'm going to look it up. Uh, that's exactly I'm what I'm going to do. I'm still stuck on that, Dave. What was Drew talking about there? He just needs blood, to hear himself talk as you get blood and up. organisms or something. I don't know what you organs, said. Organs, organs. I said blood and DNA and organs. Probably some tissue. What as about well. bones? I think they, I think moose have bones as well, yeah. Drew. They have, but they have bones too. Um, we just thank, thank our sponsors. To, yeah, I will before because the, before they give before they jump off ship. I don't blame them. Uh, big thank I'm about you to jump sponsors. ship. Illegal curve who make the post game show, the Saturday show, and the website a possibility. Our friends at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, Linden Market Dental Center, Zapia Group Realty, Betway. They're the title sponsor. Tough Duck, Boston Pizza, Seagram's, Rolly's Transfer, and of course our friends at farmery beer support these fine businesses because of their continued support of illegal curve hockey habs win three two in winnipeg we'll be back wednesday night for dave manuk for ezra ginsburg i'm your host drew mandel until about 9 15 p.m on wednesday night we wish you good night and good luck and thanks for watching the illegal curve post game show thanks for listening to this broadcast from illegal curve hockey for more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.